feeling on the streets of the hunter? What's getting under your skin or making you hot under the collar? Let's take the temperature of the region. It's the pub test with Paul Scott. It is time for uh, one of my favourite parts of the week. It is the pub test. Good morning and welcome, Paul Scott. How are you this morning, my friend? Good morning, Tracy. I'm wonderful. Look at this beautiful weather out here on uh, in, in Newcastle uh, Golf Course. It's uh, living the dream, Trace. Living the dream. You really are living the dream, aren't you? Now, uh, now you are out playing golf today. Where are you, and uh, and what are you playing for? I'm playing at uh, Newcastle. Uh, which is my home club, and uh, it's uh, Christmas in July. So not it. only is there good, not only is there good weather, um, uh, there's also a really good lunch on offer. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now the truth comes out. Now I know why you're really playing golf. <laughs> uh, the lunch is a big enticement on Christmas in July. It's an interesting thing, Christmas in July. It's kind of a bigger thing than it than it, than it was before. I. I don't know where it came from. I, I think it's, a, it's an English tradition, like people wanting to have like cold, well, like Christmas in the cold, because when we have our Christmas, it's hot as hell. Uh, I don't know where, where it came from or why we have it. I mean, do they have Christmas in July in England, for example? I don't know. I don't know. I know that Zach Garrett last week did, uh, did Christmas in July in Los Angeles, uh, you know, obviously having an Aussie Christmas for, for them. It, it was nice and warm. They could do the prawns. They could do all of that. But, yeah, I don't know where it came from. No, no. It's an interesting tradition. Probably probably from Hallmark. Probably from the people who make the cards. Probably from the same people that made Valentine's Day so popular. I mean, there's a day for everything now as well. I've noticed that. Like, yesterday uh, was National uh, Scotch Day. So, like, not Scotch celebrating the, 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 the Scottish heritage, but just Scotch, the alcohol, National Scotch Day was, That would have been and done I, by, by a brewer. Well, congratulations to them anyway. I, I fully endorse National <laughs> Scotch Day. See, it was National Lemington Day last Wednesday, and... Yeah, yep, yeah, you're right. There is a day for absolutely everything. Nearly got it. No, nearly got into a, like a, an altercation with someone arguing about the size of the desecrated coconut on Lamington, which is more preferable. And uh, some people take their Lamington far more seriously than I do. I was just complaining, complaining, of course, yeah, of course. As, as is my go, yeah. about the size of the pieces of desecrated coconut, and I like the really look tiny little ones. Yeah, you know what? Because the the tiny little ones don't get stuck in your teeth like the the bigger yeah. pieces of desecrated. Yeah. Hello, that's that's it. You know, but, oh no, I like the, I like the big pieces. So you can you can tell on the big pieces. <laughs> I don't want to chew desecrated coconut. What's wrong with you people? Exactly. And if you're going to destroy one of our uh, our national icons, bloody you know, you you just shouldn't do it. It's sacrilege. You just should not do that to the Lemington. I still reckon. I still reckon a lot of people like them because if you go into cake shops, it's quite often the biggest one there. You know, the biggest cake is quite often the single serve Lamington. Although there is a place in Market Town that serves the vanilla slice that needs to be loaded in there on the back of the U. Oh. I mean, they're, you know, those, those big pink on top yellow. Look, I haven't had one for. I reckon I haven't had one for twenty years. I kind of look at them now and go, no, I just. I just can't do it. But there was a time 
one. I did love the vanilla slice, but uh, the kilos didn't pile on as easily uh, in, the, in those days. I just I had the smell of vanilla slice, and it means three hours in the gym. Oh, see, the metabolism fairy, mate. It just leaves all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, metabolism. Yeah. Damn it. Some people have got the good ones. Some people have got the genetic ones. I was you know? so lucky. I, I had I had the genetics until I hit about 40, and then, yeah, nah, can't look at anything without putting on the weight now. It's just horrible. It's not fair. Now, I'm saving all my calories for National Scotch Day. Okay. Okay. Did you, yeah. pa- did you partake yesterday or not? I just had a... I just had a a little snifter, as the uh, old people with the red noses say, which means three or four, fall asleep with a glass in your hand, in the chair. Actually, I was watching, I got stuck back into watching the ABC have just put all the old Bush Tucker Man back on YouTube. No, really? Yeah. And uh, and I was looking back at them and I was thinking, um, like, they don't age that well. No. You know, like, I, I can have that shit. Show was huge in the late 1980s, you know. But it was a, it was kind of like um, uh, the same as uh, the, the well, it was a bit different to the Leyland Brothers. Mm. But what was really different was that it was about you know white fellas interpreting uh, you know indigenous experience oh. and you know and just all that kind of like going to places and saying oh, these are my really good friends here, and then not even introducing them to the camera, not having an interpreter. You know, writing down all the secrets of Bush Tucker, putting it in a book, flogging it off. You know, just you know, but D- still, some of the country that, that that you go to there for a lot of Australians, it's the first time they would have seen some of that that country. You know, right top of Western Australia. You know, like that that Indigenous people have been in for you know how many ever tens of thousands of years, and the great cave drawings and that kind of thing. So you can watch it kind of. You know, it's like a lot of things. They don't age that well. No. I, I, you, know, you look at it as a product of its time. And we but, do have uh, to look at a lot of things like that, don't we, as products of their time. And uh, something that hasn't aged well at all this week is uh, Ms. Hanson. She's kind of a bit of a throwback to the 80s this week. Uh, she's kind of got you a little bit cranky. Oh, look, Pauline Hanson's performance in the, in the, in the Parliament on, uh, on Wednesday was just... Well, it was predictable. She's out of the limelight, you know. The the, the, the uh, Pauline Hanson's uh, uh, party is is on the wane, so she needed a headline. So what she do? She you know she jacked up about the um, uh, welcome to country uh, ceremony. She jacked up about flags, uh, you know, other than the Australian flag being uh, in the parliament. Uh, she jacked up about not singing the national anthem. Uh, you know, it's just a bit tiresome. I mean, there's some there's some very interesting debate going on in the in the parliament now with uh, Jacinta Price, uh, the coalition senator from the Northern Territory. Uh, she's got some uh, points of view that are quite different to uh, some of the other Indigenous voices in the parliament. And so there's you know there's room for this kind of debate, but the kind of the walkout that Hanson stage. I mean, this is a person who, who wore a, a hijab or a, a burqa. She wore a, even wore, might have worn a burqa in the parliament. It's, she's just kind of a stunt, a stunt grabber, and it's it's really torn. That kind of attitude. I mean, I know, I know she's not alone in Australia sharing yeah. that attitude. Yeah, sadly. But the, the, and the re, but the reasons for her objection just seem a little bit. Um, uh, 
you know, predictable and, 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 and sad, really. I just don't get it. Like, how can you object to, a, to an Aboriginal flag hanging in, in Parliament? And how can you object to a welcome to country? Well, apparently we're the only country in the world with more than one flag. We're the only country in the world. Doesn't and that make us special? No, it makes us divisive. It's divisive. We're divisive. And, and in fact, you know, I'm not sure how it counting goes, but it's three flags, actually. Torres Strait Island yeah. flags there as well. So, I mean, I mean, really, we've got a lot of arguments about what unites and what divides at the moment, as we always will have, mm. as we saw in Man- at Manly with the, um, the, the, the Pride jerseys there and, and what's been going on there. And I've noticed there was a very good... Um, I thought, a, a very well-written article by the head of um, social work at Sydney Uni in the uh, SMH this morning, and uh, that person is of Pacifica Heritage from uh, Fiji, mm. and said, look, you know, don't blame the the footballers who have attitudes that are, um, you know, where they're not particularly embracing of uh, queer culture. And said, don't blame them, blame the missionaries. And, you know, and goes back and, you know, says, look, before the missionaries came, people were a lot more open about sexuality. It wasn't something to be ashamed about. It was the missionaries who kind of beat it in to the natives that uh, such uh, signs of uh, affection and and sexuality between men was something to be shunned and uh, are hidden from. And that's that's come down through uh, through religion and through the missionaries uh, positions over over many years. So I mean, how do you how do you tackle something like that? I think the the you know the AFL didn't seem to have a problem, but they don't have like I don't know what percentage of players are Pacifica now, but it must be around half uh, players have got Pacifica heritage in the NRL. It was so, really interesting uh, though. Did you um, did you hear Frank Pulitua's comments as well about it? No, I didn't. Yeah, that. he actually said, "Don't, don't blame, don't blame the, the Polynesians. Don't blame our religion. That's that's BS, and that's a cop out." Um, and I thought that was, I mean, you know, Frank obviously played through the the, the you know the Ian Roberts, almost the Ian Roberts generation. So you know, he he was aware of everything back then. But yeah, he came out and said, "Look, don't blame our religion. That's a cop out." Well, that's very different from the the article in the mm. uh, SMH this morning from. Uh, the, the chair in social work at, uh, at, at Sydney Uni, who has done research in uh, attitudes uh, among Pacificas mm. and has identified through historical documents the, uh, the, the, the missionaries' shock at, at the uh, open, openness of uh, the uh, affection expressed wow. between men. And he said, in fact, men had sex with men uh, before the missionaries came, it was the missionaries who changed everything, and uh, you know, well, so there's different points of view there. Isn't but I think that interesting? The, I think wow. the, yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the thing, I think a lot, I think there'll probably be people who read that article today and 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 disagree with it quite vehemently. Mm. But uh, you know, he's got the he's got the documentation, he's got the record um, of research, he's got the credentials to you know come out and say this thing. And he's also been an NRL consultant for quite some time, working with um, uh, all the NRL clubs, players, officials, uh, behind the scene uh, administration, uh, and uh, trying to you know open up people's views to what uh, is inclusive and. 
I mean, it's pretty. It's look, it's a difficult one, but yeah. I, I'll, there's no doubt at all that the big error here was the, the club not discussing it with the players. Uh, you know, before before it was brought in. Oh, it's That's communications it's 101. You know, when you go back and, yeah. and have a look at the history and, you know, the fact that the football club was uh, was spoken to about it, the, as in the football department was spoken to about it 12 months ago, expressed no concerns but didn't bother passing it down to the players. Yes, yes. Well, the, the, where did the idea come from, though? Was it from the marketing department at Manly who thought we can flog a few jerseys off here? Like, where did the... Where did the idea come from? You'll be quite surprised to hear this. I, I know that you're going to be stunned, but it came from uh, from Dynasty, who are the provider of the jerseys. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, but, well, you know, look, you know, congratulations to the marketing person. They they sold out. They sold out the jerseys, you know, very very quickly. But um, you know, there is there's the error there. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of doing this. You know uh, what a player's think. And I, I think the other thing is, is look, you know, the AFL doesn't have the problem. They have a pride round. Yeah. And they don't have the kind of problem. No. I mean, if you're going to try and introduce a pride round to the rugby league uh, next year, you know, you're going to have to start working on that now and, and convincing people that, that something can work and not divide uh, the community. I mean, you know, rugby the league had a shocking week. It had to decide that uh, West Tigers decision, which was an absolute shocker. I don't usually watch Sunday afternoon, but I did watch that mm. game. And, I, and when it happened, it was just, you know, it was incredible. When they had to blow out about the jerseys, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, you're moving up to the time of the year when you're starting to get towards the business end of the season, and there's some fantastic football being played, but, you know, once again, Rugby League manages to, uh, you know, get all the headlines for what's going on uh, that's you know, at, at its pure essence, you know, the, the concept and the idea was great. It was all about inclusiveness. You know, the, the pride flag also has the colour purple, which is the women in league round colour. You know, the, the the idea and the sentiment behind it was uh, was beautiful and was wonderful. It's just the execution that has been left uh, very, very short. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, hopefully it's been a real learning moment for the, the, um, for the NRL, for the about how they might go about this in the future. But, I mean, for a long time, the, the culture of rugby league has, you know, it's had, you know, gender consultants, mm. people talking, having, you know, uh, seminars about how to treat uh, women properly, those kind of things. But, you know, to what extent players pay attention and to what extent it's tick box, like how do you actually change that culture... And we're talking about those things that have been going on, those kind of cultural changes. They've been trying to address them for 20 years. Mm. And, you kind of, and you kind of wonder, but, you know, the AFL's not free from off-field incidents of, you know, uh, of poor decision-making, um, of young men with lots of money and lots of time. And, you know, that, that's, that's always a recipe for uh, uh, the occasional impropriety for sure. It really is. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be great to see it happen tonight. They're uh, they're wearing that jersey, no matter what. It'll be uh, it'll be great to see. And hey, it's going to be great to see Bobby Fulton's grandson in the uh, in the manly jersey tonight. Isn't that good? That is a celebratory. That is a celebratory thing. 
that's you know, one of the positives to come a, out of this. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's a really, a really terrific thing. And I, I hope, I hope it goes well. And uh, you know, geez, if you could play like, uh, you know, a tenth as good as uh, Bob Fulton uh, did, what a, you know, what a, geez, a terrific player. And. Uh, Good luck, good luck to him. And good luck to the Knights this week as well, playing the Canterbury Dogs. Canterbury with no Kalen. Jeez, they've had a disappointing season. It's been know, so and, disappointing, uh, hasn't it? Yeah, the, the, next time you might, the next time you might see something good happen down there at, uh, at McDonald Jones Stadium is when Elton John plays there in January, I'm afraid. <laughs> Did you get your tickets? No, because I'm going to be away. Oh. I'll be here. I thought it was a bit overstay, overstay last yeah. time he was here. And I'd recommend definitely going. It's a fantastic, um, uh, uh, a fantastic show. But if you're actually sitting down on the ground watching, be careful as you walk across the turf because you're stepping on um, uh, the graveyard of dreams yes, of Newcastle football. And rugby league fan. You really are. It is a graveyard. It is an absolute graveyard. That sacred turf. <laughs> well, listen. You have a uh, you have a wonderful uh, wonderful time at golf, won't you? I can't wait to hear next week how you went. What's uh, what's your handicap? Uh, mm, I'm, I'm I'm a twenty guy. Oh. I'm trying to get it down. I, I, when I first started, I was at like thirty six, but. Moving it down from twenty, you need to be really consistent, and I'm afraid that's 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 my biggest handicap. Being consistent, being consistent, yeah, that's right. You you and the Newcastle Knights, my friend, have a wonderful uh, (laughs) wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch up next week. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thanks, mate. Bye bye. With over nine decades of combined media experience, Tracy Matt and Michael Blacksland bring you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9, only on Newcastle Live.